0: Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people about how they do their thing, how they hang in there and keep it going. Today, my guest is Mike Doyle. He is a filmmaker and an actor. Uh, His film is called Sell By. It's an ensemble comedy that recently played at Outfest, and I loved it. I was so excited to talk to Mike. Uh, I related to it. The performances are great, the writing is great. Uh, some really fresh faces, giving great performances. So fun. Uh, Anyway, so excited to talk to Mike about that. As an actor, you've seen him in a lot of things. He was on Law & Order SVU for about seven seasons until he got stabbed. Uh, He's been in shows like City on a Hill recently, uh, New Amsterdam recently, tons of stuff. He was also in the movie Jersey Boys. Uh, So he comes at the industry from a lot of different uh, vantage points and such a great writer and director in this film. So anyway, before we get to Mike, I want to get a plug-in for my website, denisanyone.net. There you can see all the podcasts. And There's also a button where you can donate to my virtual tip jar. Help me cover the expenses that come with doing the podcast. Um, also, I'm moving a lot of stuff from my main website over there. You can see my short films that I've worked on. Uh, you can also learn about my books and just different things like that. So we're trying to consolidate into one website, and that is denisanyone.net. All right. That's enough plugs. Here, without any further ado, it's Mike Doyle. Hey there. I'm coming to you from my friend Danny's apartment in West Hollywood. I'm here with my guest today, Mike Doyle. He's the writer and director of the new movie Sell By. He's also an actor who you've seen in things like Law & Order SVU. He's on the new uh, show City on the Hill, uh, Odd Mom Out, all kinds of credits. But I... Love your movie so much! It's here Without Fest, and Thank I was you. so excited to get to talk to you. Thanks, so thanks. congratulations on your movie.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's been a great um, it's been a great several months. We premiered uh, up at Toronto at Inside Out, then right? We went to Frame Line in San Francisco, and then we had probably our best screenings this weekend here in LA in front of an LA audience, which you know they just got the movie right. in the way that it's intended. Then you know the first time I saw it. I was, you know, my stomach was in knots because you hope that when a joke is written that there's, it laughter. Lands. yeah, and it lands, and so it's really, it's really affirming um, to hear it. To hear it with an audience. Who's no, not. it's
0: your first film as a writer director.
1: It's my first feature, first feature. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually this weekend I had another film. I directed a short film called The Chase. Yeah, I saw at about LA that Shorts online. International. Yeah, uh, so a convenient film. of them. to know, overlap it's like, for Thanks. You. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. How nice. Yes, I'm yeah. so powerful. Right. Um, uh, but I wrote and directed a short film called Shiner that premiered yeah. at Tribeca uh, several years ago, and I've been trying to get a feature up for a while. And I landed on this you know, this idea of a group of friends who were navigating love and life and relationships and sort of spinning their wheels
0: and fucking up all of it right. as they reached the midpoint of life. Yeah, what was the germ of the inspiration for you? Because I, I love, I related to it so much. It's about people juggling their lives. Yeah. Relationships and careers and how they all get mixed up together. Yeah, um, I, you know,
1: my favorite films are great, expansive films. Uh, ensemble films, right. uh, romantic comedies, but dramas as well. I love, um, and I'm going to answer one of your questions. In oh, there, good. The, yeah, one you've already gone through that, my observation
0: deck. One of the things
1: that people don't know about me, um, I was really good at math. I won the calculus and pre calculus awards in high school when I was a kid. So I love a good problem to solve, and I love the puzzle of uh, uh, putting seemingly disparate groups together in a room and figuring out conflicts, relationships, love, you know, all sorts right. of things. So I wanted to make an ensemble film, like much in the tradition of like great ensemble films in the seventies, uh, you know, uh, more recent films in, in the nineties and the aughts uh, that uh, told a relatable story of, uh, how difficult it is to be in a relationship or or the challenges of being in a relationship, right. you know the good, the bad, and the ugly and I wanted to make a gay film uh, that was about that very thing within the context of other relationships, uh, straight relationships uh, multicultural relationships multi racial relationships um, just to to give it context, and you know I guess it 's sort of a cheat because the, the ensemble that I created, like if you came to my house uh, in Brooklyn on a Tuesday, it would look very much like the friend circle in sell-by. And, and I guess, you know, what I was striving to do is creating, to create a movie that was relatable um, and challenging, um, but also that the audience felt like, oh,
0: hey, I want to hang out
1: with those Yeah, dudes. I totally, I thought that was an invitation to a <laughs> yeah. Tuesday in yeah. your place in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. in it Come.
0: is so winning, they all have such good chemistry, the dialogue just crackles, and you do long extended scenes where I do, I do. they just have to carry it. Yeah, and they do.
1: Yeah, I, you know it's funny in the writing of it. Um, one of our earlier producers uh, was like, you know, you've got a lot of uh, two and a half page scenes, and I, 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 said, I know. I said, you know, that was intentionally done because there is there. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to keep. Uh, the thread going. It's a challenge. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's very... I'm not going to say easy. It's a different exercise when you've got short scene to short scene to bang, 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 bang. Right. And I wanted to, you know, much like, you know, each of these relationships is sort of long, you know, five years, uh, 10 years, and some... Uh, 15, almost 15 years yeah. in one case. That I wanted to... um I'm just articulating this now, but I, Good, wanted, I, love to, I wanted to uh, sort of have it mirror the difficulty of being in a long-term relationship, being in a long-term scene, is you have, to, you have to do a lot of things to keep the scene alive, much as when you're in a relationship that's long, you right. have
0: to do many things to keep that alive. And you don't cut away, so you really believe that these people are friends, that they're in their each other's lives, and I also like that a lot of romantic comedies especially... They are about the meeting and the getting together and the fun yeah. part. Yeah, and this is about like we're it's, five years in. Are we going to get married now. or not? Yeah, I think a lot of people have had that, had yeah. that in a relationship. I remember I was in a relationship once, right when California it became legal to get married. Right. So suddenly the lights on you. You got to do it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I don't want to get married. Yeah. I had a friend, this person. Yeah. At this time. Yeah. And. um Yeah, and he probably thought the same thing. I don't know, but it it sort of has shined a light on it. I said to
1: a friend, yeah, I said, you know, when gay marriage was passed, you know, because I was always joking, uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. But I said, I was like, God, I was like, now, like, marriage is the litmus test for the viability of a fucking gay relationship. Right. And she said... Welcome to the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is you know it's true, and it's so, kind of like
0: we don't want to get married, but we're good. Really, yeah. <laughs> are you? <laughs> exactly. I don't know exactly. You know, yeah, yeah it's really interesting. Yeah, um, talk to me about your actors because they're so good, Thanks. and I know as an actor you probably have a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but you know, do you do you do a regular casting call? Like, yeah. how do you find your actors?
1: Well, Colin Donnell, who plays Henry, uh, is an old friend of mine, and he's really funny guy who is always sort of the handsome hunk right and he never gets to exercise his comedy chops so immediately i thought of him and i just wanted to work with my friend uh patricia clarkson is an old friend and i needed someone to come in who sort of you believed was a famous artist whose work sold for ridiculous amounts of money um and then um and then i i Uh, I had a great casting director, Henry Russell Bergstein, who found me, Augie, uh, Augustus Prue, who found me, Scott Evans, who found me, Michelle Buteau, who found me, Zoe Chow. Right. Um, And Kate Walsh and I are repped by the same uh, agency, so that's how she came in. And I, you know, I... I didn't have a lot. I like. I couldn't. Uh, I didn't have the time or the resources to cast a huge net. Right. So Henry was great in whittling down everybody uh, to some really fantastic choices. Uh, Christopher Gray is another one. Um, and uh, you know, as it as an actor, I have a. I guess you know a lot has seeped through through osmosis, and I have a I have a right. sensibility and a vibe that I like. My aesthetic as as an actor is I I I like things that are uh, underplayed. I like things that are grounded. Uh, you know, sometimes I would just tell you know I I was you know ninety percent of your job is casting, right? So I just had to go in and sort of tweak and massage and nudge and maybe just you know set into a direction a uh, certain direction. But very often I would say trust it i'm there the camera is there you don't have to do a lot to convey you know right. particularly in this the scene with uh, scott Evans and john dolman um, at the end you know a lot is going on a lot is bubbling up but and, which one is that uh, the father oh right uh, right right yeah, right. yeah. And so i just kept telling him i was like i got you you know i'm going to i'm going to come in at the end i'm going to frame you close so whatever is playing internally as long as you bubble that up it it'll, it'll be We'll get it. Right. Um, So, yeah, I was very lucky. You know, with that said, you're creating this ensemble and you hope that everybody's on board for the experience. Right.
0: If you told me these guys had all been friends forever, these are my friends and and whatever, I would have bought it. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's funny, but there's so –
0: the women especially feel like real discoveries. Everybody does. Yeah. They're
1: they're really fantastic. And they – you know, and everybody – it's one of those rare jobs that everybody got along really well – like, people vacation together now. Right. And because you, you form these these families for a very brief, intense period of time. Right. And you always have the best of intentions to stay together yeah. and keep in touch. And, you know, life just sort of launches you in different directions. Right. And you don't, for the right. most part. It's very rare that, like, you have a friend from a job. Yeah. Which is, sounds sad, but it's just the reality of it. But this, like, we hang out, we have dinners, like, we do a bunch of shit together. And it's really, like... It really is, uh, you know, heartening.
0: Yeah. You said it was important for you to make a gay film. You could have explored these same issues, especially in that central couple, with a straight couple, if you wanted to. I could
1: have, yeah.
0: I love that you did it the way you did it. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, I know from my own experience, they can you, your movies can sort of get lost sometimes. Or, yeah. Or push to, oh, it's a gay thing. Yeah. Have fun it out fest. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But that was important to you. It was. I mean, not only that, but it was important to hire two out gay actors as my leads as well. Right. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to...
0: People are stopping their cars and applauding right now <laughs> in, in Listenerville. I hope so.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I, look, I, I don't, you know, there was a certain big movie last year that that uh, was pretty, uh, a seminal novel turned into... Uh, a really wonderful movie, but right. it bummed me out that like we can't have one of them be an right. out gay actor, like the Peach was gay. The peach was good. That was a lucky peach, man. <laughs> that was a lucky peach. You know, I was up for the role of the peach. I don't know. I, I was too
0: old. I went to producers. I, I didn't even get that part. You really didn't. I was too light in the low first. They wrote that, but no. no, I, no. I, I mean,
1: like even like you know, and uh, uh, you know, no disrespect to uh, Angels in America when it was on HBO, but I was like this seminal work of of gay theater, which is right. now gay, a gay film on HBO, not one person could be, you know, right. it just, I was just like, just give us one. Right. So, you know, people say, oh, wow, it's so, it's so bold and so great that you hired these out gay actors. And I was like, it's not really that bold, but they I guess, get it. Yeah.
0: There's something in them. I mean, I know everyone can, I, I think everyone should be able to play everything, but there's I do something about their body language. There's something I think. As a as a gay man watching it, you you connect. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. They had they had really wonderful chem- chemistry, and we yeah. had it. We all, I only had a day with them alone before we started. Wow. And I just wanted, wanted them lived to. In. Yeah, I wanted them to meet. Yeah. Before you know, hello on set, right. and uh, you know, just give them you know that space. I, I worked with Karin Kusama, who did the invitation. Oh yeah, and, which is a big ensemble piece, a big right. patchwork miss you know thriller and. She was able to have two days of, of rehearsal, and I learned from her how important that was because, you know, so often you are doing these, you know, crazy intimate things after meeting someone five minutes before. right? And it's just it just makes it harder. So I wanted to give the guys, like, I wanted to give them that connection. And they, the two of them are very, they work very differently, Scott and Augie. And th- which worked for the couple because they're two different people. Right. And like, they're in different places than yeah. they were when they met. Yeah. And, and um, so, so yeah. So, but, but to jump back to an earlier point that you said that about jumping right into the story of this couple five years in, you know, I intentionally hold back, you know, when they first met and the things that made them, you know, that comes much later. Right. When we see those sort of uh, flashbacks to, 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 happier times. Um, but I just wanted to show, you know, and it's not all like a slog through the mud at five years, but there's, there's this thing that's, that can happen sometimes that, it, you know, it's strong relationships suffer a death by a thousand cuts. It's yeah. these, these small things that sort of add up, you know, these minor infractions. And that's what was very real to me. And that's what was important to fight for because, you know, uh, early on, you know, I was I was told you know there's got to be a bigger break. There's got to be more stakes. Yeah, you and, hear that all the time. And what and, are the stakes? And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes it's about the fucking dishes. You know, and right. I mean, it's not about the dishes, but it's but the it's, dishes yes. that you know that that right. end a relationship. And um, so so it's nice to to you know to experience the film with an audience that is on that journey and is getting all that Yeah, way. who gets it, yeah. who are moved by it,
0: who don't yeah. come out going, well, boy, I wish there were more steaks. Right, right. Um, one of the things your movie gets right, and I think this is very true of L.A., probably New York, and probably everywhere, really, is when you're dating somebody, or in a relationship, you're not just dating them, you're dating their dreams. Yeah. And you're dating how their dreams are going. Uh-huh. And there's a conversation that your characters have about breaks. hmm Because Augie's character takes off with this, 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 um fashion website and mm-hmm. he's an influencer and it just blows up. Mm-hmm. He gets recognized whereas Scott's character is a painter and he's doing work he's like ghost painting mm-hmm. like ghost writing which I didn't even know was a thing. It is. It it's, That uh, breaks my heart a little there's, bit. Um,
1: there's this great documentary on HBO about the contemporary art world and they go into Damien Hirst's studio and behind him are like Two dozen people painting. His, I can't like, believe that's a real yeah. thing. It, it happens. It happens quite more frequently in right. the sculptural world, but it, it does happen in the contemporary right. abstract art world as well. And I thought I I always thought that was when I learned of that about eight years ago uh, from a friend of mine who's an artist. Uh, I was fascinated with like how does that work? Like, yeah, it just nuts. feels like. Yeah. It feels
0: like the biggest fraud. It feels like it wouldn't be a thing. It couldn't yeah. be a thing. Yeah, but uh, I, to um, to
1: to get back to what you were saying, I think you know. Also, what I was trying to do in this film is, I, I think, two men together present very specific a very specific problem set in that we're socialized for the most part to be. You know, from when we're little boys, we're we're socialized to be leaders, and we're supposed to socialized to be, you know, achievers, breadwinners. And, yeah, breadwinners. And so I think, you know, I, I've I've been in many relationships through my life, and I I've experienced, you know, this sort of uh, sine cosine wave. Of you know ups and downs. Somebody's
0: up and somebody's down. Yeah,
1: ebbs and flows. And you know sometimes someone's emotionally stronger. Sometimes someone's financially stronger. Sometimes uh, someone's professionally stronger. And it, it's a it's a really interesting thing because. Um, it's just that—that's the the kernel that I you know, and I'm still sort of exploring that. Um, but that was the that was the thing that I wanted to. Push yeah, to I don't core. think you had a
0: lot of answers, but it yeah. really brought up the questions mm-hmm. because I think sometimes, like Scott Scott's character, isn't doing as well in his field objectively mm-hmm. as Augie's is. Yeah, but he's just as worthy of it. He yeah. didn't work any less hard. Sure, he's not any less talented. Sure, it's just the way things have gone. Yeah. yeah. And I, he says at one point, I just didn't think this is where I was going to be at this point. Yeah. I was like, can that be my ringtone? I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, uh, but you also have to go, okay, I still have to put a smile on my face and I, this is my life. I've yeah. got to.
1: Yeah. I've and got to not
0: buy into yeah. uh, comparing
1: myself. And he's not, you know, of course, without talent. It's just that thing that I think all the characters in the film um, are all spinning their wheels in something in a in different ways. Yeah. Um even Augie, you know, I think, you know, even as successful as he is, like everybody is everybody
0: is sort of there's an obstacle for everyone. Right. Um and so Well he's he's got the grind of that influencer thing where he's gotta generate, generate, generate. Yeah, and
1: then he's, you know, it's the, you know, the the stuff that's, you know, he's not being forthcoming with as well and right yeah and he's I, got a secret yeah and i think you know i think uh i think yeah it's, that would that was that w- was the element uh, for every character that was most interesting for me because despite that there is this um i hope is not the, the best word but there is a commitment to all right, let's just you know try to
0: make this work. Let's try to move forward in good faith yeah. and be yeah. have courage and yeah. compassion. Yeah, uh, I was I loved it. I got it on on a lot of different levels. It also features one of my other favorite co stars, the High Line. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I donate to the High Line. I love the High Line so much. Oh my god! That I is... love to go there when I'm in New York, and I know it's complicated in New York because it's probably driven a lot of like. Mom and Pop, places sure. out of the way, sure. whatever, but I love the Highline.
1: It's great. I um, got the Highline for free because I know, wait for it, the Park Ranger. Yes, there is a Park Ranger of the Highline. Does he and sing anybody? <laughs> <laughs> he is. He um, is. And he said, you know, because usually it's like
0: some ridiculous... Right. I didn't know how it works. I've seen it in other indies before too, so... It's a lot.
1: And you also have to get there at 4.30 in the morning. Right. And get there right at 6 a.m. when the door's open because by 9 a.m. you can't shoot because there are just... It's just stacked with people. So we were there. We were there very early in the morning. It didn't...
0: It looked like midday with your your women drinking coffee. Yeah. And being hilarious. Yeah.
1: It was not... It was, you know, and... uh, it was you know, it's tricky. You have at the Highline you also have to um have very specific rules. Two wheelchairs have to be able to pass in opposite directions with your crew. You can't uh direct traffic, you can't stop, you know, it which I understand because right. like, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you don't want a bunch of assholes like who are trying to make a movie. Yeah. Mess up
0: your day at the highline.
1: Yeah. What was your best day on set and what was your worst day? God, we had so many great days. Uh best day would be um probably uh i mean god that's such a loaded question because even the great days well at the the climax i would say one of our toughest days uh we had two days in the art gallery scene right it was like 96 degrees right was hot as shit and Scott and Augie are sweaters and we would try to goose up the air conditioner, but it's right. a giant
0: space. Right. You can't have it on when you're rolling. And
1: then there was a street party outside. We were out in uh, Bed-Stuy. Yeah. And so during the emotional climax of the scene, there was like, buff, 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 buff. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what are we going to do? I was like, all right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's just There's just going to be some deep bass playing in the background. And I was <laughs> right? like, no, no. I was like, Mandy Ward, who's my producer. I was like, Mandy, we got we to gotta do something. She's like, well, what am I going to do? I was like, we asked them to stop, and
0: they wouldn't. I said – Buy the
1: party. She goes. What do you mean? I said, buy it. I was like, just give them money to make them stop. Money at it. It's kind of
0: like the in LA. The version of that is the uh, leaf blower. Yes, but it's probably a lot more expensive to buy a party. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It was just a few hundred bucks. Okay, uh, and a you know a bag of Tostitos. Okay, no,
1: no, and then they stopped at six o'clock,
0: and uh, we were able to get everything in. Yeah, crisis averted. Was there a day where it was magical, particularly magical?
1: Yeah, I mean there was magic. Uh, there was a lot of magic that happened. Um, I, the bike riding scene, um, right? We, they, they were we, all over this place. Yeah, and it, we did that fight. on Gay Pride uh, last year, so it was it was particularly interesting when
0: the, it's the two get, men, yeah, when uh, they
1: get when they stop and they get called out, yeah, for, uh, on Gay Pride for that to happen because there were people who were like, "Who's that asshole? Why is he saying that to them?" I'm like, no, right. it's a film shoot. It's cool. It's, don't right. worry about
0: it. Yeah, they get called a, a, a fag and, you yeah. yeah. um, But I also kind of like their attitude, like, whatever. But, well,
1: you know, it's funny because I get called a fag probably once or twice a year in New York City, which is insane, right? And... Many years ago,
0: I because you have good style. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Well, I I stopped receiving it as an insult because right. I'm like, yeah, I'm a fag. I'm a fag. I like dick. Like right. I'm a fag. <laughs> so it's funny once you and I'm not. I'm not suggesting that people. Uh, you know, you have to be safe and you have to be careful. Um, right, but, but you like,
0: ta- you you didn't let it get to you.
1: Yeah. So like, if someone calls me a fag, I say, yep, <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, because if it's it's that idea of using language to to hurt and yeah. I won't let someone take a word and hurt me with it.
0: Yeah. You get it like once or twice a year.
1: I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. and when I was when I was in my early 20s I got beaten up um and you know, it's it's interesting now in this time of like about representation and, um, you know, like even getting jobs, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, t- you know, I, I was asked, you know, I was trying to get a directing gig on, uh, on, uh, a job and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to tread, I'm going to preamble this with, I'm treading cautiously, That's but, okay. uh, I, they were like, well, you know, they're really doing a push for diversity. And I said, that's fantastic. I said, because I'm diverse, I'm gay. And they're like, that doesn't count anymore. And I'm like, wait a, wait a second. It does count because like when I was beaten up and when I get called fag, like the fact that I'm a male and I'm white doesn't stop that. Someone sees me as other and someone sees me as less than, and someone right. sees me as marginalized. And I I You know, I don't think we're quite there yet. Right. With, like, oh yeah, being gay is fine. There are no problems, no worries. You know, we're not there. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I've encountered that same kind of thing. I was part of this Writers Access Project thing at the Writers Guild for diverse voices, and I got in because I was gay. And their goal is to shine a spotlight on mid level writers who are worthy of more opportunities. Yeah. But a lot of the studios and stuff that look to that don't count gay as diverse. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, I was in this program, but I was unable to sort of use it for what it was meant to do. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a bit tricky. Yeah, um, I understand it, and I understand um, that being a white man certainly has a lot of a lot of, of privilege. To sure, it. of um, course.
1: I mean, the fact that we live in the cities that we live in, like we're, you know, we're
0: better off than many many people. Right. Um,
1: but there's still. Work but I to think the there death. is
0: something about being gay that, that brings something to the table that is that is unique.
1: I do. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let me see what else I have on my list. You've died a lot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in films and tv that fucking
1: article yes, yeah that's, I, that's fun though yes, i well, well I, I
0: wasn't thinking of the article I thinking well, mostly <laughs> you were on uh, law and order svu for yeah, quite a while i was yeah and, and died yeah knife to the heart um wow. yeah at the
1: time i think i had died in like seven or eight things and right so, uh, you know like I, I think i've died just as many times since then
0: um it's an art form you
1: know it's uh it's uh, a <laughs> it's a living right um but yeah, you know, very often I come in as the as the I, I sort of say I'm the whack-a-mole of actors because right. I just pop up everywhere. And oftentimes I play uh maybe not the most savory of characters and you know, so I'm expendable and you know, I'm a right. bad guy who gets killed. <laughs> no, for on & Order
0: SVU, you don't, you were a regular on there for quite a while.
1: Uh, I was on the show for six years, yeah. How did you find out you were gonna die and how did you feel about it? Ah. Uh, well, I got the script. I got this script, I was doing a play, and I got, this, I got the email with the script uh, like 30 minutes before I was supposed to go on stage, and I, it was not uh, the happiest of news. Um, but I worked with uh, Neil Bayer, who was running the show at the time, and he was leaving, and he... He was like, I want to take my people with me. So, and it was so really. in a way, it's a compliment. It was a really great compliment because, like, he. It, I didn't just sort of, you know, fizzle out. I, like, I went out with a bang and, well, with a knife. But, um, and then, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I was on Nightline. I was like, they did a New York Times profile. They did, you know, it was really, it was a really sweet send off, ultimately. And, I, you know, Neil Bayer has been a, a, a huge. Uh, mentor of mine uh, not just
0: as an actor but
1: as a director
0: as well yeah yeah what is your journey for uh, as an actor been like in terms of being out in terms of auditioning roles and stuff
1: you know it's it's uh i i have it really good in that i'm not a famous person right. um and so I, I, and it's not that i haven't strived to have more notoriety um you know I have I'm sort of like a blue collar working punch right. the clock actor you know I'm I'm you know on a, a lot of shows I'm going back to do a show uh another show uh, that I've been on called New Amsterdam right um and I medical show yeah yeah, yeah I'm the husband of uh, Tyler Levine, um and uh
0: you I'm know, sorry, I guess Tyler the play... a gay character. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's um,
1: great. And I, uh, you know, but I get to play, you know, I get to play gay parts. I get to play straight parts. And people say, like, oh, are you worried about playing too many gay parts? I'm like, no, I'm worried about playing too many bad parts. Like, right. if the writing's good, I don't care who they fuck. Like, right. you know, it's, uh, I mean, not that that's the only thing about what being gay is, but you know what I mean. Um, so, you know, it's been good. Like, I have, um, I have a lot of people in my corner who, um, you know, from casting directors to producers who allow me to transform and don't pigeonhole me into any, you know, I play good guys. I play bad guys. Right. I play, you know, I did the Romanoffs with, uh, Matt Weiner and I played yeah, this Mad crazy, Man. crazy actor. Who, right. Like with Isabella Huppert. And like, you know, I, I, um, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of, um, good fortune in that I've had a lot of support for people who allowed who allow me to be an actor.
0: Right. You know, yeah. so... Were there times where you're just like, why can't I be that guy? Why-? Of course. Right. I
1: mean, of course. You, as an actor, you you want to have a certain amount of uh, fame or right. notoriety to, get, to help you get the next job. But you also want to have a bit of, you know, a, a regular life where you can walk down the street. Yeah. But of course, I mean, if I tell you the stories of like... The parts that I've lost out on, to like yeah. you know, Ethan Hawke yeah. before, and you know uh, John Hamm, and you know, it, it's I've I've been up for a lot of yeah. pretty uh, big roles that changed a lot of careers. Right. Um, you know, how close I was, you know, is, is a matter of debate, but close on a
0: few of them. But if it's um, you yeah. and you're waiting for the phone to ring and it's yeah. your life, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. What have you learned about navigating the ups and downs? What well, that's that's,
1: right. that's the job is navigating the ups and downs. Right. they're there and you have to make some peace with being uh, unemployed. You know, yeah. Because that's the job. Uh, and per- always pursuing work. And that's, you know, that was so interesting about making the film because, you know, this is truly a, you know, uh, an independent film, in that you know, I raised the money and I
0: d- did a lot of the work of you know, you hustled, you, you hustle. How long and did it take from the time you like? I have this script. I think I want to make this.
1: Uh, I started writing it in probably 2016, and then I didn't start earnest in earnest to uh, get it up on its feet till 2017. So uh, a little yeah. more than a year to get it to production. But the you know I um, I worked on the Clinton campaign uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign right. in LGBT finance and so uh, which is basically fundraising right and I was volunteering and um, but a regular volunteer um, and I would get on the phone I worked for this incredible guy who's a, a great political fundraiser and you hit the list of people who have a history of giving and who are well funded deep pockets. And my first call, I remember, you know, my team was around me, and I was asking for some ridiculous amount of money, like, you know, I don't know, $15,000. And the person was very nice. He's like, hey, I'm tapped out. We just – my husband and I just gave, you know, but good luck and, you know, stay in touch. I hung up and – they're like, "Oh, it's your first rejection." I was like, "You guys, you guys, this is, this is nothing. I eat this rejection I, for lunch." I know. I'm on the phone. No one can yeah. see me. It's not me. I was like, yeah, "I'm yeah, good." Yeah. So, at know, least
0: nobody's telling you you're too old, you're too young, you're, exactly, too, thin, you're too tall. Exactly. you're too Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so so you, you making you, a movie is is a lot of, you know, it's it's a lot of no until you get yes. Yeah. And you you Just keep your eyes on the prize and hopefully line up everything on your side in such a way
0: that... You have a solid, strong package, and you
1: move on to the next one.
0: Well, I love the movie, and I hope a lot of people see it. And I hope it's the kind of movie they don't make a lot of anymore. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, I hope people uh, yeah, see it, too. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> All right, you picked some questions from the observation yeah, sure. deck. Yeah. Here we go. What's the worst costume or uniform you've had to wear for work?
1: Uh, I was in a play in Lincoln Center called The New Century by Paul Rudnick. Uh, right. William Ivy Long designed the costume, and I had to be fully—it It was the it was the butt of a joke. I had to be fully— Frontally nude, so I was totally naked. Right. But the costume for that moment was they made me get self tanner right. and wear a watch and tidy whiteies and so do like the tan. most orange of self tan, right. so that I would walk out with crazy ridiculous tan
0: lines. And wow!
1: So I guess the craziest costume was no costume, was no costume costume, tan but best tan lines. <laughs> right?
0: I love that. All right, but good for you. Yeah, well, yeah. Were you like, oh god, here we go?
1: No, it was. I was actually. I was terrified of it. And then it became the most freeing thing because yeah. like,
0: Here we go, nothing to hide. <laughs> right. You just had to prance out. I, on a side note, this is sort of related, but not really. Not quite as public. Um, I, I co-created this party game called You Don't Know My Life, which I'm going to give you after You we're Don't Know it. My Life. Thank you. Well <laughs> delivered. And I think we're going to host a game night for nudists. Oh, fun. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'm going to yeah. do that. Uh, I'm going to do that. 100%. Yeah. No tan lines. No audience. Yeah. But I think we're on the same um, what the fuck plane with that. I know. Uh, What's the worst job you ever had?
1: Uh, The worst job I ever had. Um, I was a bellman at the Mondrian in L.A. In L.A. And I had just done this was years ago. I just I just starred in the mini series of the Titanic. I was the Leo DiCaprio role, but English, and it went
0: down. It did not perform so well, so I had did it to come get... out before or after the movie Titanic? It came out after, right? It did,
1: like That's... right. At, we were filming it at the same time, and I think the movie came out first. So anyway, so I'm there, and like you know, like working at the Mondrian at the time is like you know everyone you know famous or whatever. And I was there opening the door, and I was like, it was Emmy season. I was like, oh, that guy's got an Emmy. I was like, oh shit, it's the sound guy from Titanic. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank Mike. Mike? My- Mike,
0: what are you doing? And I said, "Quote." I said, "I'm holding the door for you and your Emmy." <laughs> That's awesome. That's the name of this podcast, by the way. I find a quote to be the thing that I think that might be it. Oh, good. Wow, but you know what, though? But I, I had a sense of humor. You've got to laugh. You know, That's just, the way it is. I mean, and, and I'm leaving here and going to like a lame day job. Yeah. That I, mean, I do. I mean, it's just Couple like in the week. in
1: the film. Like I also, you know, there's a healthy dose of humor because, like, despite how bad things are. I knew that at some point holding that door, which was mortifying in the moment, like I just wanted to die, but I knew, like, I tell that story all the time and people like laugh and sympathize, but, you know, there's always a, there's always a, you know, comedy is tragedy
0: plus Right, time. right. As Carrie yeah. Fisher says, if it weren't funny, it would just be true. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, was he winning an Emmy for Titanic? Yeah, for The Sound. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know. I was like,
1: oh, Star, okay. Yeah, I
0: carried that. I was Jack. Did you? Did you sink? <laughs> we sank. You no, sank. no, I lived. Actually. You lived. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There was a there was a freak accident with the davit, which controls the
0: lifeboats, and okay. I was
1: helping people off, and then I fell into a lifeboat. It's, it's it all uh, worked out. Yeah, it's fine. At
0: least you're not dead. Have you ever won anything like the lottery or a game show prize? I was on The prices Right, and Fuck. I I had 128 dollars to my name.
1: My friend got tickets, and I. I not only spun the wheel, there was a tie, I won the tie, and I went to the showcase showdown, which I did not win. But to get on stage, I won a Pulaski Curio Cabinet and a year's supply of Chorus even Cold Medicine. Wow. And I played It's in the Bag, and I won eight thousand dollars. That's amazing. I would have won I sixteen, don't... but I stopped. <laughs> it's in the bag. What's that one? You match it's like a commercial basically. Right. You match a product and the price. And you yeah. start with a thousand and if you get it you can double it. Yeah. And you get it right two, four, eight, and sixteen. I
0: thought I knew every fucking game on that show. No, it's
1: so good. And
0: uh and when I lost this was when Bob Barker was right. was, was hosting, when I and lost. And if, if, if you didn't get that wheel all the way around, he <laughs> did not have any patience for it. No, no. He made I, you
1: feel like shit. Well, I jumped up to grab the wheel because yeah. I always wanted to do that. Right. And how heavy is it? It's
0: fucking heavy. It? Yeah, right? Everything's made, it feel like
1: everything's made in wood shop there. Like yeah. the curtains
0: open, it's like, right. boom, 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 <laughs> you Right. Know, it looks so slick on TV and it's, it's very not, old school. It's, it's like, yeah, it's that that it's, pulleys and, you I know. I love that though. It's yeah. part of the charm. Yeah. Oh, you are on The prices Right. Yeah, it was pretty great. Amazing right. yeah. amazing <laughs> I love it uh, we 're going to save this one because it 's good all right okay who 's the most famous or memorable person you 've been in an elevator with
1: um, I was in the uh, I was doing this movie called uh, what well, we call it Gay love on the High Seas it was called <laughs> on the High Seas it was called the Tides of War. And we were shooting in Hawaii during the two. When did Carrie run? 2004. I went and
0: canvassed in Vegas, I remember. Yeah, I
1: canvassed while I was working in Hawaii.
0: Really? I that. Yeah, all right.
1: Well, this, this if we have a second. So, this job totally was with Adrian Paul, who's TV's Highlander. Yeah. And he's very big in like the Middle East and Southeast Asia. Right. So, they had, and it was sponsored by Here TV. Yeah. So, they had, they got the money there, but they had to shoot two versions. So in one version, he's the commander of the sub that goes into Korean waters and right. there's a fire. And his number two, his lover, me, gets killed in a fire. Like the worst death ever. Like I burn to death and I say, uh, I'm so cold. Like one of those deaths. Right. Just really not my best work. Right. Anyway, but then we would shoot a second take. And then I'd be like, oh, Mike, you, you stand over there because this is for the straight audience where we're just like buddies. And it was the weirdest, weirdest, crazy thing. Anyway, person in the elevator. Uh, this woman was like, "Oh my God!" She, there was an older gentleman, and this woman was like, "Oh my God! I love you! I love you so much!" To the older gentleman, she goes, "Wait! I don't know who you are! I don't know who you are! Wait! You are?" She's like, "Al Gore," and he's like, "No, ma'am, I'm not Al Gore. It was, it was, um, it was John McCain." <laughs> and she, oh shit, he said, "I'm John McCain." She goes, "Oh, oh, I love you!" <laughs>
0: Just different pretty, parties. Pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Just, yeah. And you were in the elevator. I was in the elevator in, in Waikiki. Yeah. 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 Just happened to be, McCain just happened to be there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And you got to see this craziness. Yeah. I, I'm sure McCain just laughed it off.
1: He was really, you know, he was really, had a healthy sense of humor yeah. about it.
0: Yeah. I miss that dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, a good one on that side. Yeah.
0: What was your worst audition or job
1: interview? God, there's so many, but I'll tell the one that involves Kate Walsh because it was for private practice. Right. It was in uh, your film, Kate Walsh. Yes. And I had to come in and like, you know, sometimes you walk into these rooms full of executives and it's just completely humorless. And I walk in and... I was like, oh, wow, yeah, it's so hot out. And like trying to strike up some conversation. Right. I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, oh, you're talking about the fucking weather. Right. And so I'm, you know, and then there's nothing. And I'm like, so uh, do you want me to sit or stand? And the casting director without a shred of humor goes, uh, well, the character is in a wheelchair. <laughs> So I said, <laughs> so sick. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Not been. Didn't get the job. Oh, <laughs> my God, that's amazing. I mean, I should have known that. I should have read that part, but.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious, though. I love that you made lemonade out of it. They don't yeah, get it. You know, always. Yeah. I mean, that's auditions, man. I don't envy that. No, they Okay, suck. have you ever written a fan letter or email?
1: Yeah, I wrote one to, uh, to Linda. Um... Why am I forgetting her name? Linda Lavin. Uh, She did a play at the Variety Arts Theater of uh, Elaine May, One Hander, where she's on a suicide hotline that just goes horribly wry. And I wrote her a fan letter. I delivered it to the theater. This was when I was in drama school. And then years later, in that play I was naked in, we did a play together. Right. And she was talking about how she remembered and she writes back to all fans. And I was like, here's what, Linda. I was like, you didn't write back to me. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, I wrote you a fan letter. Right. She goes, when? I said on the last day, she goes. I didn't get it, um, so Aww. it was it was very Linda Lavin's just the best. You just thought she was awesome in that show, and, and you were inspired by it. She was like it was one of those performances. Tour de Force. Like to this day, yeah, it was like she's phenomenal. Yeah. she's like she's and she's also just a great lady. And
0: when you're working like with her, her uh, backstage, you make her sing the theme from Alan, <laughs> even just the bum 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 bomb, bum bomb, bum uh, part. <laughs> I did it. I did uh, it. All right. Missed opportunity. Yeah, no, you know. that's that's my thing. Okay. Uh, what did you get picked on for as a kid? Um, well, we're being a bag. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I sort of presented. We moved around a little bit when I was a kid. And uh, I sort of presented as this sort of uh, <clears throat> jockey, um, self-possessed uh, person, you know, who might be good at sports. Uh, right. And I was not. Right. You uh, had the look. Yeah, but I did not have the ability, and um, and I think you know, you know, I think like kids can, kids sort of like sniff it out in a weird way, and yeah, it's very intuitive. And then they like you know would target that, and I um. It was sometimes rough, you know, and so I think, you know, that caused me to be, and I don't think this is an unfamiliar story to a lot of gay people, like, friends to everybody and, like, the funny guy and, like, you know, I, I where I couldn't, you know, excel, like, on a sports field, I, you know, I could be funny and I could, you know, be the class clown and yeah. I could do all sorts of things to, I guess, you know fit in but I think it also was a way to hide right as well. a defense mechanism yeah. yeah so um yeah that wasn't great I that mean, wasn't fun no it's not you know it's um it's uh, I, and I think you know it's a it's a it's a I hope young people who may or may not be listening to this you know that and I hope if I live openly and uh, and truthfully and uh uh, in a way that you know i could be some sort of role model for even one person like right. that feels like a win so that's like, fantastic you know we didn't have that so much growing up no you know, to be like oh wait there is someone who i like and yeah. uh, maybe i can do that and
0: and so many of the people up from us are no longer here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's sad but i read on your instagram that you're Mom is a PFLAG president. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, fantastic. I like sort of shoved her into that job. I went to an event probably seven years ago
1: here in LA and they had closed the, she lives up in Napa, they had closed the uh, the PFLAG chapter up there. So they had to travel to like Vallejo or something or further away. Right. I said, though, no, there's another chapter. I said to the head of PFLAG, I said, there's not a chapter. He said, well, if she'd like to start one, we'd love that. And my mom was a, an executive and like a very high achiever. And so I was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" She's like, "Yeah." And so she started this chapter, and you know, she she's like a much better gay person than I am. She's you know marching in the parade, right. she's speaking at schools, and it's it's what's
0: it like to get the calls and hear what she's up to though? It's, it's so like it's sort it's of crazy. It's me. crazy,
1: you know, because she'll call me up and say, you know, say, "Have you called your representative? Yeah, what do ballot? you think about this ballot measure?" Yes, and I and you're like oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm like, which one? <laughs> I am watching the Real Housewives. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I, yeah. Exactly. No, but she is a she's a real um she's a real force of nature and she's uh you know such a huge supporter of mine and also in the com- in her community. Um you know cuz now P flag uh is uh is much more all-encompassing. It's not just lesbian gays and they're 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 uh ministering I should say to families of trans uh kids mostly. Right. And the The friend circle that my mom has is so um is so refreshingly um uh, diverse and rich and uh and the help that she's been able to provide within the organization um it's just it's really um i'm really uh touched and humbled by that yeah
0: has she talked to you about what it's brought her? Yeah, she's she has
1: she's got a great gay pride every year. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she has. She, you know, it's brought her a real sense of um, community. Yeah, a real sense of um, purpose. Um, and you know, my mom's from my mom's from Harlem. Right. She's half Italian. She's I'm half Italian. She's Italian. Right, she's from Harlem and then the Bronx. So she's like she doesn't suffer fool. Like she's, right. she's she's you know row from the block. Right, and you know if anybody like messes with her near and dear, she right. will, she'll cut a bitch. Yeah, she And, she, she, you know, she, she, so yeah. she's fiercely loyal and fiercely, like, she's a, she's a real fighter. Yeah. And, and um, she has a lot of courage that, uh, you know, I hope
0: I inherited some of that. That's awesome. Yeah. What was it like when you came out to that? Was it? Um, my was parents like... split up when I was very, really, yeah. when I
1: was very young, when I was like five. Um, it was, you know, I think, it wasn't a surprise. right? You know, I was in college and, um, you know, it was my first boyfriend who I fell in love with. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, it's the usual, uh, what is my life going to be like? Right. Or, am I going to be safe? Is, right. Is what it was more about. Right. I think that's where some of the fear came in. And then PFLAG Flag helped her, you know, get a sense of um, that it was going to be fine. Yeah, just
0: to give her a sense of community, yeah. people that have been through it. My Fantastic. dad, on the
1: other hand, when I told him he's he's from the Bronx too, Irish. And uh I said, Dad, uh, you know, and I said to my boyfriend at the time, I said, He and I are, you know, we're not just friends, we're you know, we're boyfriends. Right. And he goes, You happy Mike? And I said, Yeah, Dad, I am. He goes, give me a high five. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I'm high fiving my dad. That's amazing. After coming out. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. I'm and, you know, and I'm very lucky that I had Accepting parents yeah. and family, and uh, I was, you know, because you still, you know, my mom has a friend up in where she is, and uh, came out as lesbian and kicked out of the house, like you know, and you're like that still, that still happens. happens, yeah, you know, and more than so we, more than we probably yeah, want to think yeah.
0: about. Um, I feel like entertainment can be such a fear-driven business mm-hmm. were there times when other people's fears would get projected on you like representatives or stuff around that stuff or did you always feel like you sort of you know someone once asked me to, be, someone to ask to me someone once asked me this path. question
1: a gay person uh which i found really sort of annoying he's like do you think you would be a star if you weren't gay and i said what kind of fucking question is that like who the fuck knows? Like
0: well it implies that being a star is so much better than not, not being, being truthful. a star. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's, worth, it's worth it's worth the trade off. I wouldn't want that life. I'm right. Like, who, you know, but there who, are people with value systems that are different I
1: I you know, I don't understand the question. Right. I don't I don't know you know, I have the career that I have, I have the life that I have, which I feel is a good one and so that's important to me. Um and then the other stuff falls into place, you know. I, awesome.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. I just know. I mean, I know for myself as a writer, you you want to work so bad that there's that it's hard to start of own your own yeah uh, authority. Yeah. So, um, what's something that you're good at that might surprise people? Well,
1: I told you, math. I buried the lead. Yeah, math. I was, um, yeah, I was. Um, <clears throat> I consider being a I was an economics major undergrad, yeah. but I I consider being
0: a, a math major because I I just love problems and no problem. all that stuff well you did you guys like have math leads at your school or any kind of we didn't club? have that no yeah. we didn't have that we had
1: yeah. debate club which is not math oriented but um uh yeah i um i still love a good crossword puzzle i, I like i like you know I like new york Magazine's
0: the best crossword puzzles because they're not too hard but they're also kind of fun and cheeky they are fun and cheeky they're my favorite yeah yeah all right i have a friend that writes puzzles for the new york times yeah they like get paid hardly nothing. Uh, I, I know, I know. I know. I just I file that <laughs> under more injustices of uh, the world. What movie have you seen more than any other?
1: Tootsie. Yeah. I see I've watched it like once or twice a year because it's such a beautifully constructed film. Talk about like an ensemble yeah. piece. Um, <clears throat> the stakes are so high. The, um, the performances are fantastic. It's so well directed. Um, it's about... You know, living truthfully, really, ultimately, is what it's about. Um, about, you know, Michael Dorsey, who Dustin Hoffman plays, you know,
0: realizing his, his, uh, what it is to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and watched it recently because I'm writing something, I was writing something that somebody was telling a lie to help their career, yeah. basically. So I was kind of like using that as a <coughs> bit of a roadmap. And yeah. Yeah. Boy, it holds up.
1: Yeah. I Taridhar, have. Terry Oh, my God.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um, but also, when you read about it, Troubled, as a production. Yeah. Like, it oh, it wasn't like they all knew what it was from the beginning and it all no, fell into place. I
1: have this book that was written. It was out of print. I found it when I was working in Lawrence, Kansas, doing the sequel to The Miracle Worker called Monday After the Miracle, where I was Helen Keller's fiancé, Peter Fagan, who jilted her on the I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but, I, but that this stuff <laughs> is delicious. It's amazing. Moira Kelly was Helen Keller. Uh, Roma Downey was Annie Sullivan. Billy Campbell was Annie Sullivan's husband, and it was yeah. like a it was such it was a dream job. Billy and I uh, are very good friends as yeah. a result. But anyway, I found this out of print book written by a Hollywood reporter uh, journalist who was tasked with writing about the production, right about Tootsie, and it just right. gives you. All the dishes, so good. Yeah, Hoffman was
0: a lot, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and they would go into, and it was hot as hell in New York, and they would, he and Sidney Pollack would fight tooth and nail over, really, like, over the merits of the script. Right. And they would go into a trailer, and, you know, they'd be in there for an hour, and the crew would know whoever
0: walked out of the trailer first won the argument. Oh, the winner did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Have you seen the musical yet? I have. I want to see it. I haven't seen it. But, uh, I want to see The Prom... Do oh, you go to prom, Broadway a lot?
1: The pro, yeah, I do. Yeah. The prom is fantastic. Yeah, it was such a uh, such a
0: beautiful, beautiful yeah. musical. Top of my list. Okay. Yeah. What's the biggest lie you ever told in an interview or job audition? uh um, job interview or an interview.
1: Uh oh uh God, there are a few. But um you know, when, you, when, when you're up for a role, you just say whatever. Yeah, I horseback ride. Sure, whatever. Well, at the time, remember when Rollerblades were in? This is when I oh, first shit. started, right? Yeah. I was doing commercials. And I was up for this. It was toothpaste. I don't know what the hell it was. And they were like, can you roller hockey on camera? I was like, yes, of course. I mean, without skipping a beat. Right. I like, mm-hmm. I like, where where do you play? Said. And I said, oh, we have a pickup league on Avenue A and 10th, where I was living at the time. Oh, so you made up a whole league? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then the callback, like, bring your rollerblades. A, first, I didn't have rollerblades. Okay. And second, I didn't know how to rollerblade. So I tried to practice over three days, and I was like, it was okay, but except I couldn't stop. Yeah. Um. So we're on 19th Street after the callback, and they're like, you know, just go, you know, go down 19th yeah. and then come back. So I went down 19th. And I just kept going till I stopped rolling. And then I turned around and then there's, you know, the heel stop, the T stop. Yeah. And then there's the grab the director stop. because right. I was not You grabbed the director. I Were yes. they on to you? It did not get done. It did job. not work. It did, did not, not, get not happen. Job. Um
0: I I made a note to ask you this and I didn't before. You were in Jersey Boys. I was, yeah. Favorite clinics with memory.
1: Uh, you know, he my the introduction to my character, Bob Crew, was shot down the hallway of the Brill building. And History. Yeah, and so Clint, you know, politics aside, is a lovely man and loves actors, loves what he does. Right. But he said to me, he, he's like, and so it's this long hallway. I'm at the end of it as Frankie Valley and uh, and Bob Gaudio come in. And he's like Mike. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna shoot this. This is your Serape shot. I was like, what's that, Clint? He goes. You know you're hiding your eyes behind your serape, <laughs> and you come out with your guns ablazing. And then he goes, "In your case, your flaming guns a <laughs> I was like, How great is that? And I got a serape shot from Clint Eastwood. with your flaming guns ablazing. Do you feel like you nailed it? That's a lot I, to live I up to. Nailed. It. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I love how he makes them, like, he just, he don't have all day. No. He's going to crank that no. shit out. No, he, yeah. and he works very
1: fast. Yeah. You know, it's, I learned a lot from him because he's an actor-director. and yeah. He trusts his instincts and he trusts his choices. Yeah. And he makes choices. Like, he makes bold yeah. choices. And um, goes with them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: um, you know, many years ago, Bruce Paltrow, who's no longer alive, said you know about casting about being that being you know the most important part of the job and he said you know within a very short period of time and in the beginning of talking to someone or auditioning them whether or not it's what you envision right because ultimately you're painting a canvas and you're looking for the color blue for a certain piece of it and someone could come in with the best green or the best yellow but you need blue right and um and so you know i i Took those lessons as a director, and I certainly have used them as an actor to keep my sanity. Right, to not beat yourself up if yeah. you
0: weren't the blue. Because yeah. I know from the, the projects that I've made where I got to cast, you just you want them to walk in and be the guy. Yeah, and some, they're like, that's the guy. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's not like the other guy should have read it faster yep. or something. It's yep. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, how did you ever want to direct yourself? Were you going back to sell or no, is that something you'd like to do I, no, in the future? I, or do you like keeping things separate? I mean,
1: maybe. I I really like being. Um, I, I I like not having to worry about the stuff in front of the camera, right? Um, because it's a very it's sort of a different. You, you have to you make a shift. shift. Gears. Yeah, yeah, and I like keeping in the the. You have to use a large part of your brain when you write and direct something, yeah. and I I like keeping that all open for for you know the, the um for the the needs of that particular right. those particular job Yeah, you need to be
0: firing all, all cylinders yeah. with the right but, hand, right. But a
1: weird thing happens too because you know you're worried about so many and I've spoken to friends who are directors who are very successful directors and I was like there's that weird thing that happens when you're shooting because you know there are a million things to worry about at any one moment but once you start shooting it's This zen thing, and all you can focus on is what's in front of you. And it, I had never been so present in my own life as when you know those 18 days that we were shooting. And then once cut is called, you know, everyone's like, Mike, is it this blue, green, yes, no, go uh, that way? You know, dozens of questions yeah. bombarded. Um, and but it, it was a real like, it was this like sort of present uh, you know this gift that you know to be so present yeah and and it was funny you know because i meet friends you know after day of shooting um and we go out to dinner and i i'd hand the menu and be like you've got to top
0: this meal just order me something (laughs) right no because i know from i haven't directed a feature but i've made several shorts it's like falling in love Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, you wake up in the morning, you feel like you've fallen in love, but you also feel like you've been hit by a truck. Yeah, totally. Because you're you're constantly deciding. Yeah, yeah. But what I discovered from doing it is that I knew what I want. Like when people, I think some people are afraid that if the lighting person comes up and says, "Do you want this?" You right. don't know. Yeah. I always knew. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they were the bra- the greatest choices yeah. or whatever, but I never was like, mm, I don't know. I yeah. know. I'm like, I, I. I no, that's this that like I was I was pleased and I guess proud a little bit about like how decisive I, I felt like I was able to be. Yeah,
1: and I think ultimately the most important job of uh, director is to lead and to instill confidence. Right. And I, you know, you know what my, you want. My film school over the years has been the you know the many many sets I've worked on as right. an actor, and you know I would stick around for. B team rehearsal when they lit because I was like, I want to know how that works and right. what does he do and how do you do this? And, and I, I shadowed a lot of uh, directors on episodic to, to see, you know, cause it's one thing taking, you know, a three dimensional scene, but then translating it to a two dimensional frame. Right. And I, um, I, I learned, you know, from different directors, like the ones who were sort of like, mm, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it, it, creates a uh a vibe that um is not ideal and i think like the more decisive you know because sometimes the questions are uh you know the answers are crucial right you you need to you know you need to make the right decision but there are a lot of times like someone from wardrobe is like is it blue or is it teal right it's teal it's cerulean does it you know do do i care if it's really blue or teal ultimately they both work right so, but instead of sending someone off and say you pick, yeah, I, I think people just want to know um, that there's a
0: clear vision, right? That there's a captain mm-hmm. of the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What's your most memorable Halloween costume? <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, uh, I dressed up
1: as a hooker, and but I was like a pretty hooker. Well, um, I borrowed a, my mo- a, my mother's pink jersey dress. I had a headband and then I had her do my makeup and then my friend John Nussbaum was a less pretty um, pregnant lady in a house dress and we walked around Ridgefield, Connecticut trick or treating and it was the cra- it was the craziest thing because it wasn't like, you know, drag that we know it today. It was like, I just want mama, I want to be a pretty girl. Well,
0: I, I want to be a girl <laughs> <I was> <laughs> in sixth <laughs> grade and I want to be a hooker. I know. I had a lot of freedom. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Did that. you have I a backstory? Do d- you have a name? I, I don't remember
1: if I had a name. I know I had a purse and I belted yeah. the dress. I had a little... Uh, you want to have a waist. Yeah. I, I mean, mean no. you're not <laughs> crazy. I, you're not no an remember. animal. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> I should have played hard to get, but I do remember going into... I, this is the creepiest thing. I remember going into... Uh, there was this place called Chambers Army Navy, which isn't right. there anymore. <clears throat> and the owner of the shop... Looked at me, and, you know, he was... I mean, to a sixth-grader's eyes, he could have been 20 or he could have been 60. Yeah. But he looked at me, and he's like, wow, you're a pretty girl. And I was like... This you don't know whether to be complimented creepy. or <laughs> creeped out. Yeah. Wow. I was That's a little creeped cool. Out. <laughs> Are there
0: photos? Somewhere. That's somewhere. Instagram gold. Yeah, right? Yeah. Throwback Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever been starstruck?
1: Yeah. Um So, I... Years ago, well, I did the movie Green Lantern, and I which did not. Is that the Ryan Reynolds one? Yeah, and I play Ryan's brother, right? His older brother. I'm Jack Jordan, or Jim Jordan. He's right. Anyway, uh, there's a whole family thing that most of it got cut. But before that, like I'm I'm generally like you know I work with a lot of people who have you know are of note, and you get used to it. But I was at my friend uh, Eric Gilliland, who's a writer, and he lives in the West Village. And he's like, "Oh, uh, he's like my friend Ryan's coming over later." And I, he's got a few friends named Ryan. I thought it was his Ryan friend, who's a teacher. And uh, in walks Ryan Reynolds, and he's like this tall tree of a gorgeous man. And this is pre Greenland. Pre Greenland, right? So I said, "I said hi, Ryan. I'm Ryan. I, I, I'm not Ryan. You're Ryan." I'm like. I'm gonna get a
0: drink. I just <laughs> and he's the, the, seems like yeah, Andy I mean, would just, never let that go though. No, when no, she started no, he working wasn't, with it. No, he wasn't. He no. was.
1: He was actually really. He's, I love he's, it. He's the, he's one of the
0: sweetest. Yeah, he's a genuinely sweet, lovely, lovely man. I once went to a dinner party and he was there. This was like two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Yeah, and he was very nice. That's yeah. what I remember. And then he did Amityville and got hot. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it was, was, was kind of cool. like. Beefed up, hot. Remember that? Yeah. I think uh, all gays remember, remember where we were when that happened. That.
1: My friend Andrew Douglas directed that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was like, "Ooh, that's the pizza place guy." What's yeah. happening? Take your shirt off. I know. Thank you. <laughs> That'll scare away that ghost. <laughs> um, have you ever stolen anything? Yeah,
1: I. Um, when I was a kid, John Nusbaum, who was the fat lady in the house coat, right? We used to, we used to go to the bookstore, right. And steal Encyclopedia Brown's. <laughs> At least books. you wanted to learn books. It's better. No, than like... Jonathan read the books. Right, and I didn't. I just piled them in my closet. And then you just like the thrill of it. Then we got caught. But this was on the heels. Of my brother and I. Oh, my brother and I. We when we were kids, uh, we went around the neighborhood and took the 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 you know, like the Pontiac sign off of cars. Right. Like you could rip the little the chrome oh, sign. The, yeah. The right, little chrome. chrome thing. So we had this collection of like Pontiac and Buick and, you know, Dodge and, you know, we not fancy cars, but we had a bunch of them. And we decided, oh, yeah, his, what better place to hide them than in the cushions of our living room couch? Right. <laughs> they won't be pokey. So my mother is having a dinner party and she sits down and she puts her hands in the cushion she felt it, and she looked, and then she looked at us, and we were like, "We're dead. We're, we're we, so screwed. We, yeah, and we, we were dead. We. That was not a good moment. We that had to return. We had to return. To go to the, each and every he, one. We just threw them in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> we, didn't we took them. them all back.
0: Yeah, we took them back. Yeah, no, we didn't. Wow, sound like a horrible person. No, but those would be a nice little collection of things to have. Uh, I saved this one because it's uh, a little um, more serious. What was your lowest point professionally? Oh, wow. Did you pick that one? You did. I did? Yes. I heard you say it out loud when we were talking. Oh, wow. Well, I mean,
1: part, I guess part of it was, um, part of it was that holding the door for um, the Emmy. Right. Um, But I guess, you know, I went to Juilliard and when I did Titanic, I did it between my second and third year. Right. Got a lot of attention. Uh, and I left my third year of school. I left after that and to come to Hollywood and I passed on all these, you know, development deals. I passed on a bunch of stuff and then I came to LA and it just sort of didn't happen. You're like, I'm ready. I'm here. Yeah. And it was really tough because I, you know, here I am, you know, kid out of drama school, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail, bushy tailed, you know, with some really nice new credits under my belt and um and it was a really um sobering humbling experience and and a a learning experience in that um i've never really talked about this but uh but i understood what it was to be an actor that it wasn't a golden ticket and that it was a lot harder than i thought and um and yeah, that was, that was probably, that was really tough. Was yeah. very tough. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it probably like gave you something that you used for the rest of your yeah. career of perspective.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, things turned around for me and it right. was, you know, it was fine. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that was probably the lowest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What places in LA remind you of that time? Is there a um, taco stand where you're like, oh shit? Yeah, to like, go there and look at drama, log and oh,
1: Pollo Loco on La Brea and Sunset. Oh, I was gonna suggest we go there after the thing. <laughs> I have a coupon in my car, <laughs> and that's not a joke. I do. Yeah, Run, uh, El Pollo Loco on yeah. La Brea and Sunset. Runyon Canyon reminds me of it a yeah. little bit. Like it just that's where you, you go, just, go to try to like it just walk it out. It feels full of besides the smell of dog yeah. pee. I had a dog at the time, but yeah. it feels. By the way, you have an full. adorable
0: dog on Instagram. Which one? I don't know. There's a dog on Instagram that's really Oh, Pepper. Yeah. Yes. That's my friend's dog who oh, I'm staying with. Yeah. I was like, that's a very good dog. She's great. I um, love that dog. All right. Um, so the Apoyo Loco Running Canyon. Running Canyon. Yeah. She spells so, the P in desperation. Do you you live in New York now? Mm-hmm. What were your what was your time in LA like? Like what do you think of LA? I love LA. Yes. I miss it. I yeah, actually, so you, could, I really you, you you're, you're good with
1: either. Yeah, I moved I moved back to uh, you know, I've been going back and forth. Right. You know, for most of my uh professional life. Um and I was really situated here more so uh for a good chunk of time, but during the 5 years that I was here, I was back and forth, uh, you know, a help like sort of half and half to New York. Right. So when people would ask me which place I liked best, I would say I like to leave both of them because <laughs> right. I love both places but you know it's nice to have change and it's also
0: each right. place can sort of get to you. But it's not like one it's like I'm New York or die or LA or die. Yeah.
1: No so I good. don't you know I used to feel right. I was New York or die right? and now I, I don't feel that as much anymore. Yeah. You know I love like I love uh, the sort of the community feeling of LA in yeah. that you hang out at someone's house and you have dinner parties and you're you know, you're not always out and about wrestling with this giant city. Which yeah, just going to the grocery store is like a thing, Oh, my though. God. Yeah. And my apartment, you know, on 10th Street in New York is a fifth floor walk-up. So it's like... Oh, shit. You don't want to go Just the shopping bags New into your from hands. That. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot. Exactly. That's but, a lot. But, yeah, I love L.A. I do. And uh, it's... Uh, you know, but I, I work sort of all over the place. Right. Like I, I joke I work wherever the tax credit is. You know, Just, like Vancouver. Atlanta, yeah. New Orleans, Vancouver, right.
0: Chicago, Prague, you know. Like yeah. Good places. How great is Prague? Oh, my God. It's the best. Have you worked in Budapest? no but that's I've that's my favorite yeah. place yeah it's pretty I cool I it more than Prague but I love them both yeah um, tell people how they can learn more about your movie and you know your, your social media how people can yeah. can learn more about what you're up to um, we have a website for the film the film is called
1: sell by Like as selling. in like is this the sell by date yes yeah. does every relationship have an expiration date right um, you know and not just a final expiration date, but I think, like, within relationships, you you know, there are different expirations of, like, how you behave, how you interact. Like, right. You know, you constantly have to sort of refresh. Anyway, uh, it's called uh, – the site is com, And then on Twitter and Instagram, it's uh, at sellbymovie. And I'm at the Mike Doyle because there
0: are a lot of freaking Mike Doyles. There the are. Yeah, there's a professional surfer who has – Oh, that's mm-hmm. at least hot. Who there's a writer daughter. named Dennis Hensley who does children's books. Or no, no, not, not children's books. Christian stuff. Right. And I got a Google alert. There's some, he's got some sexual harassment thing. Oh, shit. That's So a surfer. Yeah. Well, and also
1: a congressman in Pennsylvania, a Democrat, which is okay. But uh, I get tagged in these posts about, you know, resolutions, resolutions house resolutions about, you know. Yeah. oil embargoes. I'm like, we're on Mike Doyle.
0: Right. But I can work out some math for you if you need math. <laughs> exactly. To, um, cover can you that. You need calculus problems, right. the
1: Pythagorean theorem.
0: Uh, this has been so much fun talking to Hi, you. I too. love your movie. Thank you. It's the kind of movie I wish they made more of. I just related to it so much. Um, last question. Yeah. Why did you write it? Like, what was what was the... Because the writing is so strong. Have you done a lot of writing before that? I have. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, It was so assured. My, my, uh, I,
1: I, yes, I've been writing for some time and um, I, I, you know, I think I may have answered this question, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I wanted to make a gay movie. I wanted to make a, uh, a new idea of a gay movie. Right. Um, And that's what I, that's what I, that's. That's what you said out to do. really you know what was important to me, and I wanted to you know I wanted to make something that had heart and it had a lot of a healthy sense of humor yeah. um, uh to to um I don't know, just show like that yeah as as messy as life can be, there's it's still, ultimately some hope it's still worth it, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and I like how your your characters could still be funny during the most awful moments because i feel like that's the way i i am with my friends yeah like sometimes we're our funniest when things are the worst Yeah, yeah i think that's how people are yeah
1: i remember um i was walking a friend's dog on 10th street years ago and her dog got off the leash and got hit by a cab and he was fine and i went up to her apartment and i was like I was, in, I was like, so I was like, oh, I was like, Zoe got hit by a taxi. She's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I can't believe. It. And she was laughing, which was, a, you know, a defense response. Right. But, but Zoe was there. But it okay. was, yes, yes. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was just sort of a strange, um, starting <laughs> to, not the reaction you would have expected. No. Um, I almost killed your dog. Okay, this That's is my final. Me. That's question. me. That's me. Oh, okay. I have a meter. Oh, okay. No, but we're good. We're good. Okay.
0: Why do you write in general? Because you've got your yeah. acting crew going. You're humming well, along. you know, as what, an what actor, you wanna write? as an actor, we're not
1: able to all. You know, we get to work. Sort of, uh, we're not in control of when we work. Yeah, and I, I have a lot of um, creative uh, passion that doesn't always find an outlet. Yeah, and so writing. Eases some of that, right? That um, I don't know what you call. It. It's not angst, but some of that like unfulfilled desire. Yeah, that let me in, coach. Yeah, kind of thing. And so you can do. That's you a know, I sports can sports reference. Yeah. What sports ball? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, uh, you know, it it it's uh, you're able to do it on your own. Yeah, and then you have, have something. something
0: at the end of the day too. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone should watch for this movie. I Thank hope you. it's a big success for you. It's been mm-hmm. so fun talking to you. This was great. Thanks, Mike Doyle. Thank you. Thanks again to Mike Doyle for doing the podcast. Keep an eye out for his movie, Sell By. All right, so this happened. All right, on Sunday, as you know, I co-created this game called You Don't Know My Life, a party game. Well, on Sunday, Jeb, my co-creator, and I, we got some friends together, and we shot some video and photos of us facilitating the game in a corporate environment. So we're trying to branch out into corporate team-building activities, which we think the game would be great for. So some people were very nice to give up a little bit of their Sunday and come and help us. And, you know, I'm looking at the pictures. It really looks like a corporate environment. Uh, we actually used a room at the Gay and Lesbian Center and, um, you know, just had people trying to uh, look like co-workers. There's Marge from Accounting, maybe, bonding and laughing with Jerry from IT. Um, you get the picture. So... Uh, Hopefully that will be a nice little side hustle to my side hustle. So if you work at a company that could use a great team building activity and you're in the LA area, um, hit me up at, uh, uh, you can find us at you don't know my life.com. Um, what else? Oh, I saw Miss Saigon. The heat is on in Saigon. I don't think I ever saw it before, but it, it's here in the Pantages. My friend Matt Zarley was nice enough to take me and, um, that helicopter is no joke. I know I'm about 30 years too late for this uh, observation, but, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, I love the show. I thought it was kind of down and dirty and, um, I didn't cry though. It's so weird when I cry. Like I probably cried in, um, in Mike's movie sell by, I probably did cause I related so much to them, but I did not cry at Miss Saigon even when it was incredibly tragic, but I was super into it. Um, So if you're in L.A., I think it's here for a little bit longer. Um, All right, that's enough. That's enough for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.